Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Addicted to Crime. I am joined again by my friend and fellow true crime lover, Olivia Green. Thanks for coming. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's dive in to these cases. So today we're going to do something a tad different, but I hope you enjoy it, and I hope it's not as awkward as it sounds, because I don't know, like, how to introduce this. But we're going to cover some true crime breaking news, so things that are going on right now, things that we really don't have enough to do an entire episode on, Okay. but this way you can kind of know what's in the news, kind of get, like, a sneak peek at it before it's said and done, if that makes sense. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. Now, this is good, because okay. I was telling you before, I listen to absolutely no news yes, ever, <laughs> so this is good, because now I'll actually know what's happening yes, in the world. Yes, it kind of yeah. gives you, like, a peek at the true crime. Yeah, yeah. And then in, today. like, a year, when, it, like, your podcast is covering these cases, mm-hmm. I can be like, oh, I remember when that yeah. actually happened. Yeah, right now. Yeah. Right now. Current. <laughs> Current. And we have a lot of news to get to today, so let's just go right into it. Okay. I have six or seven. I'm maybe eight. It's just going to be depending, <laughs> like, how... I have so much, you guys. We're going to have to do, like... We're going to have to continue with this if it goes well, because okay. I just want to talk about this kind of stuff all the time. But either way, let's go with the first one that I'm going to be covering. We're going to talk about Chandler Halverson. Now, this started out as a disappearance case of two parents, but it's turned into a double homicide. This okay. is a Wisconsin case, very local to us. And when I say very local, it's in Cottage Grove, which is by Madison. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I don't You're know. Like, that. That means nothing to yeah, me. <laughs> it's like Madison, basically. Okay. So it's This very is close. different from the double, du- sorry, the double homicide that you did, that you yes. actually covered, yep, right? different. This one okay. just, like, just happened this year. Okay. This one did. Okay, so this is not far from where Libby and I live, which is always concerning, <laughs> but this man, Chandler Halderson, is being charged with the murder of his father and will soon most likely be charged <gasps> with the murder of his mother. Okay. Are I you familiar wanna, with this? I don't want to give anything away, but I do think that I know what you're talking about. It gets, like, really crazy, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. It gets really crazy. Okay. All right, you're probably going to know about this Okay. Case. No, this is good, because I know very few... De- I just okay. know what my aunts told me at our garage sale last week. <laughs> so you'll probably be like, well, that's not actually what I heard, though. <laughs> and, and I was like, that's going on in Wisconsin right now? Mm-hmm. And they were like, don't you even have a TV? <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Okay, so let's get into it. You probably... This is probably what you know about. Okay. So Bart and Krista Halderson were reported missing to the police by their son, Chandler Halderson, on July 7th of this year, 2021. Okay. Chandler told police that his parents went to a 4th of July trip for the weekend up to their cabin in northern Wisconsin, but he hadn't heard from them since that. So July 4th, that weekend, he goes up, like, they supposedly go up to this trip. It's July 7th. He hasn't heard from them. He's concerned. Chandler told police that he got nervous when he couldn't get a hold of them and when they didn't return home. So he spoke with the press, and there's a recording of that that I'm going to play. Okay. Right now. Yay. And this is when they're still missing. 
So this reporter is okay. talking to Chandler, kind of asking him, like, hey, what do you want the public to know? Like, what's going on? What happened? Do you know what date this was? Um, ooh, I think it's July 8th. I think okay, it's the so day like right after. after he reported yeah, it. and I can triple check that, but I believe it's the day after the parents were reported missing. Okay. And this is from Channel 3000 News 3 Now. That's where this report recording is coming from. And I just want you to listen to, like, how he's answering the questions, and I just want you to listen to the entire conversation. <laughs> okay. All right, so I'm going to play that right now. It's just if there's any information that you feel like, you know, would be worthwhile for us to share, anything that you feel like is, is important for us to share, just anything, anything like that, of that nature. Um, so... My last uh, message I got from them, they were going to White Lake for the 4th of July. There's some festivities that go around there, you know, better drink prices at bars, stuff like that for, um, yeah, White Lake, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, their plan, or from, to my knowledge, they were going to Langland County to a cabin, uh, their cabin. Um, along the way, they could have stopped many places that I wouldn't know all of them but it's about three hours north of madison or dane county and they left then a week ago today on the first friday Friday. Friday morning so that would have been the second right of july when they left and that's the last you'd heard of them yes it is and then was it yesterday that you called the sheriff's office or someone with your family called the sheriff's office just to i actually um, got a text from them on Sunday telling me they were going to White Lake. Okay. I don't know when the text was sent because of reception issues that they would have, and they usually turn their phone off because of pay for roaming. Yeah. Um, we, they, it could have been whenever they sent that message that they made it safely, and they're going to White Lake for the 4th. Okay. So. Yeah. So it was probably the last couple of days that you started to get nervous yeah. then. Um, is there a, you know, we see comments, people say, you know, are they up north? Is the cell service bad? You know, could they, yeah. you know, just not be able to get a hold of? Is there anything that you feel like is kind of going on here that leads you to be a little bit more nervous that that's not the case? Um, my aunt went up there and was able to call me okay. at the, at, while she was at the cabin. Okay. So she was able to call me. I don't know what provider she's using, mm-hmm. but U.S. Cellular would take up most of Wisconsin, so, like, they'd be able to call today, mm-hmm. because this weekend it was packed, I, I get that, packed, maybe the weather wasn't great for messaging, mm-hmm. yeah, so, mm-hmm. who knows. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you about was <clears throat> the, and a lot of the comments people were concerned or kind of wanted some clarification about the vehicle, right? Because the reports from the sheriff's office say they, they didn't have a car or there wasn't a car with them. Yeah, they brought, or they were picked up by their friends, okay. who I never got the name of. And I, I assumed it was someone I was aware of, like the close neighbors of theirs up the street or um, their best friends down on the east side. So that's what I assumed. I never really asked any further in it to, into it. And so they got picked up and they all went up there by like another couple. Picked up here? Yeah, here at my house. Okay. Before I woke up, they, they had everything packed up. Jeez. And do you, you don't know who they're, who? No. Jeez. That's, uh, I mean, that, that has happened before where they just kind of head out before I leave or I wake up. You know, I'm a heavy sleeper. Mm-hmm. 
I, I'm on a schedule. I wake up at six to feed the dogs, and they were out before six. Mm-hmm. Beat the the rush to get to the north. Mm-hmm. So okay, now that we're done listening to it, Olivia, what are your feelings? You're making a lot of faces. <laughs> um, I, I, it's just amazing me how many details there are in it to the point where he was like talking about the data on their phone yeah. being shut off so that they weren't roaming. So much or, useless information for yeah, the listeners, right? Yeah, like, why yeah. do you care? That and also, like, the person interviewing was, like, so nice and so attentive. And, like, I, I do, I'm pretty sure I know how this case ends you now. You figured it out, <laughs> so, yeah. just, it's, it's just crazy. Yeah, it is. It's so crazy. Especially because this just happened. Like, that was barely a month ago. Right. So, I think they said <laughs> in the interview, too, that they were doing this the day after. Because he made, like, a comment, like, you know, yesterday he did the reporting to the right. police. So this must have been taking place July 8th. Yeah. And again, yeah. that was a recording by Channel 3000 News 3. Now, that's where that recording came from. And I also, I didn't realize the whole car thing how, when he was like, yeah, that somebody picked him up oh, before I, know. I even woke up in the morning. And he's like, I got a routine. Yeah. <laughs> like, routine. <laughs> yeah. I'm a heavy sleeper. And he was like, that's happened multiple times. And on the one hand, it's like, oh, that absolutely could happen. Right. And the reporter's like, oh, that's, you know. I know. He's so like, hard. Oh. <laughs> he was so yeah. caring. Like, when in reality, really... like, this, well, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let t- Shelby it's, tell you. It's going to be insane. <laughs> okay. So, Chandler has no previous criminal history. Like, this kind of is Crazy. out of nowhere. He's lived at home with his parents this whole time. How old is he? <laughs> <laughs> You caught call me there. Hang on one second. Let me check. Okay, so I paused the recording because I really should know how old he is. And he's 23. So he's not that old. And he did sound young yeah. um, on the recording. So a 23-year-old. There's a, I mean, living at home at 23 is not abnormal. No, not at way. all. Not at all. Not in any way. So, yeah. It, it just, the, the interview just has gives me a lot of questions. And right away, the police noticed step two. Yeah. July 7th, they noted it, they noticed it right away. When he came in for that first statement, they were kind of like, okay, you know, all these inconsistencies are popping up. Chandler told the police that his parents had plans to attend a parade in White Lake, Wisconsin, but there wasn't a parade on the schedule that was going to be happening at that day. Okay. So it's like, okay, that's a weird, another weird thing to add. Mm-hmm. Like, why not just say going up to a cabin? That's it. They were going to stay in a they cabin. Have, they always have to just keep adding details. I know. It's like, stop talking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just another thing that, and that tripped him up. So police went to the couple's cabin up north to check it out, and they didn't see any indication that they had actually been there. Or that they'd even been there in a while. So Did they own a cabin up north? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, they okay. own a cabin up north. And Chandler then was arrested the day after he reported his parents missing on July 8th. So he's arrested for lying to police. So like the day that he made this plea. Literally. On the news. The, the, the same day that you hear of him with that plea, he's arrested for lying to the police. And while he's being held, police search an area in Cottage Grove, Wisconsin. So, he had been seen driving his parents' car. He drove a Subaru, or they drove a Subaru, and he was seen in that area driving his car three days prior to when he reported them missing. Okay. So, that would be July, literally July 4th. He was in that area driving his family's car. Okay. Now, while he was at this home, this home in Cottage Grove has, like, a wooded location nearby, a witness said that he was carrying a shovel, and he appeared to be cleaning the shovel off. Oh, okay. And so she told the police this, and of course, officers go by this shed and they look around. 
and it's during this search that they find a human torso. Oh my goodness. Wrapped in a pair of jeans and other clothing. Oh my goodness. They also, at the scene, in addition to that, they find a pair of scissors, a saw blade, and the handles of bolt cutters. And the remains were later identified as belonging to Bart Halderson. I have no words. I know. The dog has words. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear my dog barking in the background. So after the remains were confirmed to be Bart Halderson, Chandler was charged with first-degree homicide, hiding a corpse, and mutilating a corpse. So then it was on to finding Krista, as well as looking for more remains belonging to Bart. So, like, you find Bart, and it's it's not... That's, that's the thing. I know. It's I, like you're looking for a body, and you, you find part of it, but, like, you don't even have the whole body. You don't even have the whole thing, and it's yeah. like, what about the other person? Right. So I right. can't imagine how, like, Krista and Bart's family were feeling at this and then, time. Yeah, but it's like once... Okay, so you found part of one of the bodies. Yeah. And the whole family obviously knows that, but they know they don't have everything. So now it's like they're just think probably thinking in their heads, well, I wonder how, what he did to Krista. I like, know. Like, like expecting the absolute worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is the absolute worst. It is. Like there is no worst. <laughs> it's like the worst nightmare situation ever, I yeah. think. Yeah. So for a while, though, people were still trying to hold out hope that Krista would be found alive and would be found okay. But like we said, it's, it's just not looking good at this point. Mm-hmm. So, July 14th, another search is done near Sauk City, Wisconsin, and that's not far from Cottage Grove. And I, I do know where Sauk City is. You do? Okay, good. That's, like, not far from here at all. Okay, we're back. We had to go stop a barking match that our dogs had with each other. Okay, so the search was done July 14th near Sauk City, and human remains were found there. But there's no mention yet who those remains belong to. Like, I could not find if they were a part of, of Bart's or Krista's. Oh, I, I couldn't. That wasn't confirmed to me. Like, And then okay. there wasn't even a mention if it was male or female. So, like I said, not sure what happened um, with that uh, search there. But human remains were also found in Roxbury. And according to the Dane County Medical Examiner, as well as the Wisconsin State Crime Lab... These remains belong to 53-year-old Krista Halderson, and they're working right now at adding a second charge of homicide against Chandler right now. He's just, you know, got that that first one, Mm -hmm. and so I'm sure he'll get two charges each for the hiding of a corpse and mutilating a corpse, as well as first-degree murder. Now, um, so more body parts were found in the Halderson home, so I'm not sure if he mutilated the bodies there at his home and then took them to disperse them to hide them. That's what I would assume. Chandler Halderson is being held right now, and his bond is set at $1 million. His next court appearance is set for September 1st, 2021. He will be arraigned in the Dane County Courthouse, and I guess we're just going to wait to hear how he pleads, because I'm Mm -hmm. not sure how he's going to plead yet. Um, Like I said, this is a local one, and of course, we're going to be keeping a really close eye on this one as more details come out. Yeah. So sad. It is so sad. I I can't imagine how the family is. It's good doing right now. The next case is a completely different case. It's a really (laughs) weird one, but I wanted to mention it. A man named Anthony Menzies was at a Kansas City Zoo at 6800 block of Zoo Drive in Kansas, and he was sitting in the parking lot in his car. There were two other people in the car with him at this time. Anthony was sitting in the seat behind the driver's seat. That's where he was. Okay. And when, according to his testimony... He reaches in front of him, 
and pulls out of the seat pocket a Glock 9mm that was in the car with him. Okay. So he's so, sitting like, in the car. So the, the gun is, like, in the in the little... You know, the little... Like, uh, patch We're thing. both, like, <laughs> Not moving patch. our hands. Pocket. That's Pocket, the word. Yeah, like... Behind the driver's seat. Yep. So okay. he reaches in there and pulls out a Glock 9mm. And he said, according to his testimony, that the gun went off. And it struck 19-year-old Jason Smith, who was sitting in the driver's seat of the car in front of him. Okay. So he pulls out this gun, and he shoots and kills Jason. An off-duty zoo officer was alerted to the shooting and was told that someone had collapsed in the zoo's parking lot. When the officer realized that Jason had been shot, he applied pressure and started taking the measures Mm -hmm. to try to save his life and stop the bleeding. Jason was then taken to the hospital, but sadly he later died from his injuries at the research medical center. Where was he shot? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, you're okay. I'm not sure. It wasn't made clear to me. And there's another person in this car, right? Yeah, there's another person who's never named in this car. So I'm okay. wondering if maybe he's like a minor, oh, which that's would make true. sense why they were never named. And I, I guess it's 19 and 19 and what was the other age? Um, the other one, he's young. He's in his 20s. Okay, so yeah. it could definitely be a minor. Right, it, it 100% could. And I know I said I wasn't sure, but I it is in his chest. Okay. He was shot in his chest. Well, it went like from the back. The, yep, through okay. the back out through the chest. So was he shot like through the sheet, the seat cushion? That's what, yeah, that's what the article at least that I read, and I'll link the article in the show notes. But that's what it's making it sound like. So it okay. literally could, it could be truly that it be an accident. Off. Yeah. yeah. Um, but looking at his background a little bit, Anthony Menzies had a previous 2015 felony conviction, and it was in regards to tampering in, in, with a vehicle. So nothing like particularly violent. Right. But it is a felony. So at his court trial for this recent crime. He pleaded guilty to illegally having a firearm in his possession as a convicted felon. Because okay. with this past of 2015 crime, he, you know, you're not supposed to have a firearm. And here he is with a firearm. He was charged with shooting a someone. felony in 2015? Mm-hmm. So when he was a minor? Yes. Well, if he is in his 20s. <laughs> you know, so like, yeah, you know, I, I'm not sure how old he is. Like I said, I haven't okay, found anything. Okay, I'm sorry. No, you're yeah. fine. I don't know how old he is. But he... He must not have been a minor because we know about it. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, not sealed. That, that's what, yeah, that's what I was thinking yeah. in my head. But I, yeah. This is a confusing one because this is literally all I know about it. Okay. Like, I don't... I guess it's... I mean, it's super new. Yeah. And yeah. so we definitely will watch this one, too. He pleaded guilty to illegally having this firearm. And I haven't heard yet if he's going to be facing any charges for the death of Jason Smith. That okay. remains to be seen. Like, I'm not sure if we're gonna find anything like in their past that would lead us to believe that they're not having a good friendship you know right. like where there's a strife here right well and i'm thinking whoever that third person is is gonna be yeah yeah that'll be the deciding factor exactly like what they saw yeah so that remains to be seen but that is the shooting um and it involves anthony Menzies. i for sure when this started out as a zoo i thought there's going to be an a lion attack or like a poisonous snake got um, out. Someday. Someday. <laughs> someday. There, okay. is, there is like a cobra like slithering around through Texas right now. No way. Yeah. Yeah. This man had it and couldn't legally have it, oh, no. but had it anyway because that's what humans do. They keep crazy poisonous snakes. And he like let it go. Well, it got out. I don't think he purposely let it go, but either way, I don't know. It, it's like 
I can't remember what kind of snake it is, but it's like one bite is supposed to kill you. Mm. Like, like that. That's a fun pet to have, you know? Yeah. I'm like, never one, why do you have that? And if you do, you do not let it get out. Oh, my word. I hate snakes. Me too. Now that thing is breeding with all kinds of other snakes and. I know. Don't go to Texas. I I know. (laughs) Okay, this next breaking news is a little, like, it's not super in depth but it has to do with a case I've covered before um Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow if you haven't listened to the episode yes listen to it I already covered this go ahead listen to it this update will make a lot more sense if you listen to the episode first according to an article by Angela and Loro on little things prosecutors are now going for the death penalty against Chad Daybell he's been accused of killing his former wife Tammy Daybell as well as children JJ Vallow and Tylee Ryan now, prosecutors, the prosecutors in this case were finally announced. They are Special Prosecutor Rob Wood and Fremont County Prosecutor Lindsey Blake. So they talked with the victims' families before deciding to pursue the death penalty. And they also said that the murders were, quote, especially heinous, atrocious, cruel, or manifesting exceptional depravity, end quote. And that is why they decided to go with the death penalty. Lori Vallow's trial. they baby children. I know. I know. And three, maybe four, if they were to do for Charles Vallow. Uh, Lori Vallow's trial is still on hold. She's still undergoing a psychiatric treatment, excuse me, until she is deemed fit to stand trial. Who knows when that'll be. Chad Daybell is set for a pre-trial conference in September 30th. A lot of things happening in September. Mm -hmm. And will be up for a jury trial in November. So if all goes well, there are any delays, we'll see him in trial in November good birthday present for us to see that guy put away (laughs) so for the next case it's gonna break your heart and like i have a bad feeling that we're gonna hear a lot more about this case okay as time goes on and normally i'm like i can't wait to get more details like i said but this one like it just leaves like a really icky feeling you're not gonna like it at all okay you're not gonna like it at all where what state um this is in california okay So charges are being brought up against Michelle Morris and her husband, Edward Lawrence, or Larry Karen, in California. Michelle and Edward owned and managed the Morris Small Family Home near Marietta, California. And I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that wrong. It's M-U-R-R-I-E-T-A. Marietta? 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 I don't know. That's the only time I'm going to say it, so I try. (laughs) This was a foster home. Oh, I don't want to hear this. For children with severe disabilities. On April 6, 2019, one of the foster children, 17-year-old Diane or Princess Ramirez, was in a great deal of pain. She suffered from cerebral palsy, but aside from that, she was, like, relatively healthy. According to an article by People, Princess did suffer from volvubus, Volvulus. I was going to struggle with this. Volvulus. 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 V O L V U L U S. It's tricky. Okay. There's a it lot of V's. Trying, though. There's a lot of V's. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know what that is, it is a. Con- or what you're saying. Or what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a condition where your stomach or intestines get twisted and then it gets obstructed. It is a very serious thing. And when it happens. Okay. The person needs immediate medical attention. Okay. Once there's this twist, parts of your body doesn't get enough blood, and then certain parts will start to die. 
okay. you know, from the lack of blood. So it's very dangerous, and she was known to suffer from this from time to time. Okay. Well, Princess started to suffer from this one day and have an attack. And instead of calling 911 or getting her any kind of help, Michelle and her husband allegedly just left Princess there and left her to deal with this pain by herself. How Do you know how many kids were in this home? No, I don't. And that's something I don't know if we'll know for sure because they're, you know, they're so they little. could be. Yeah. I know most of them were adult dependents. Okay. Um, But there could possibly be children, and so I don't know. I don't have a okay. sure number. Seriously. But they left her on the floor writhing in pain, and I can't imagine what you're feeling. I know it's extremely painful, for eight to nine hours. Oh, my goodness. Where did they go? They just left her there. Like, they just, I don't, I think they were, like, Like, they were in the house? Yeah, I think they were just ignoring her. Oh, my goodness. And it was obvious she needed help, but no help was given to her, and she later died Mm. from this. Michelle Morris is being charged with second-degree murder of a princess, and her husband isn't being charged with the murder as of now, but he is being charged with child neglect. And while detectives were looking at Princess's case, they, quote, uncovered what is alleged to be several years of physical abuse and neglect of dependent children and adults, along with sexual abuse against three, depend- oh my three dependent adults who had been placed in the home. Many of the victims were non-ambulatory and unable to speak, requiring 24-hour care. Some of the adult-dependent residents were found to lack the mental capacity to give consent, but engaged in sexual activities, facilitated, and encouraged by both defendants, end quote. It's disgusting. It is disgusting. Like, I I feel like I will cry right now, but it's, that's why I said, like, there's just, I just don't know what they're going to uncover. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it is. And it's unclear if. Michelle or Edward have entered any pleas yet. I'm like, I don't know how they're going to get around this. I'm sure they're going to plead not guilty, though, because everyone does. But uh, this is definitely one that I want to follow, but I'm scared, too. Yeah, I'm if I'm not listening to that episode. If I, you do it. I know. I don't blame you. I don't want to do that episode at all. The next case we'll talk about is John Russell Howland, and this is a Montana case. John Russell Howold is being indicted for a federal hate crime charge. And this guy's a piece of work. My goodness. <laughs> He's 44-year-old John Russell Howold. He, on this day, he drove around the basin area of Montana with an AK-47 rifle. Oh, my goodness. And he shot into one person's home at least seven times. Just a random person? Nope. He uh, discharged it to, quote, get rid of the sickness of lesbians and gays. Oh, He's a hateful, awful, horrible person, and he's messed up for a lot of reasons that are should be obvious to you. But if you look at his priors, he's, like, so far gone. Okay, but not that this even matters, because obviously don't do this anyway. But does he even know if the people in that home were lesbian? Or it gay? wasn't clear. Or he just, like, chose a random house and it, was like, yeah, there's a chance. It, right. It wasn't clear if he knew who lived in that house or didn't, or if he was just, like, around shooting people because, like, the world is... Yeah, exactly whatever yeah. he wants to say. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Sick. Like, I don't even know his mind, but his mind is messed up. Um, was anybody shot? Nobody was hurt. Okay, good. Good. That I was aware of. Yeah, but, like, more words. According to the independent record, James Russell Howell, also he has three names. Okay, 
I know that like people say that the more names that you have, like you know, you're you don't feel that you don't feel that. I, I don't like it. I under there is definitely a trend. Mm-hmm. However, if I could introduce myself with three names, I absolutely would. <laughs> because I. <laughs> You I like would, that? I would. Yeah. Yeah. Like, on Green Acres, whenever <laughs> whenever he's like, oh, my name's Oliver Wendell Douglas, I'm always like, oh, three names. I know, but the girls on Morbid say that that's weird, and I kind of feel that now. I feel that way. Because yeah. they all have three names. I and still, it's like three if I could... first names, like James Russell Howell. Like, it's I a know. big, you know, they're like big names. Like, John Wayne Gacy. Like, you know. Yeah. I don't like I, it. If I could do it, I would. But I can't. I'm glad you're not. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, so he was, quote, sentenced to two years in prison in 2005 for shooting a dog. Aww. And severing its head at a campsite near Bernice, end quote. Why? Because he's evil. He's literally evil. He's hateful and evil. And for this incident of the AK-47 rifle and shooting into the person's home, he's serving 10 years. Oh, can you imagine how terrifying that would be to just be, like, no. cooking dinner and all of a sudden bullets no, are just I can't flying at all. into and, your house? And, like, if that home had children, if, yeah. like, who knows? Like, who knows what happened? And and, to, and 10 years, that's not a long time. Mm-mm. No, because it's not... He's ba- It's basically attempted murder. Oh, 100%. And it's not... And it's hateful. It's a yeah. It's a hate crime. He so didn't it's... purposely miss them, you know. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> I hate like attempted murder stuff. <laughs> but he's serving it for criminal engagement. That's what he's serving the ten year sentence for, not for attempted murder. Fault, what are your feelings? Fault on that? is not the right word, but I want to say it's not like his fault that they didn't get shot but what what how am I trying to say that you're trying to be like he tried to kill them yeah but he didn't that yeah. doesn't mean that yeah like he's good that he didn't kill I get right. what you're trying yeah. like to say like it's not it's not like he chose to miss them right or he chose he, to back he literally out. tried to you're kill right. people right and he's serving the 10 years for criminal engagement mm. moving on because <laughs> let's not linger on that guy any longer this is Therese Fleming, and we are out of the United States for this case. Oh, I love stuff that's out of the U.S. because then I feel like, like you feel safer. I'm distanced from it. This is another one where it's like, oh. but it's okay. So no one's been criminally charged in this case. Okay, and it's just a breaking news story, and I want you to kind of like react to it because I want to see like how you feel about it. Okay, so we're in South Canterbury, New Zealand. We're in uh, near Timaru. And this is about 7.30 p.m. at night. 19-year-old Therese Fleming was driving a Nissan Bluebird. And I wanted to show you what this car was. Do you have your phone? Can you Google that? I want to show you, like, what that that car looks like. Because I have a picture of it after this incident, and I want you to compare. Yeah. Okay, so here's the car. Okay. It's like a typical small four-door, you know, nothing, like, spectacular about it. Yeah. But Therese Fleming crashed this car in a telephone pole, according to the Daily Mail UK. And it was such a violent crash. And I want to show you a picture of what was left of his car and what the the car looked like. Okay. (gasps) Oh my word! Isn't that just insane? It just looks like a pile of metal. I know. And I'll post this on, like, social media, but that's what was left of the car. Wow. So he crashes this car. Wow. And he survives it. Just into 
into a did you say a telephone telephone pole? pole the car wraps around the telephone pole how fast was he going that's the thing speed was, <laughs> speed was definitely a factor. it had to be a factor so he wasn't alone there were alone? five oh other teenagers oh my goodness in that little car so six passengers total. The boys were all friends. Did they, is that even, is there even six seatbelts? No. No. Okay, I didn't think so, but no. I didn't want to just assume. <laughs> yeah. So the boys were all friends. They had all known each other for years, and they had attended school together. The other five passengers were Giovanni Wayne Drummond, who was 15, mm. Jack Graham Wallace, 16, Nico William Hill, who was 15, Andrew George Gooder, 15, and Joseph Allen James McCarthy, he was 16. And sadly, all five of those boys died in that crash. Oh my goodness. So, the driver survived? The driver was the only one who survived. Oh, that would be so awful. Therese had only had his license for about three months oh, my goodness. before this happened. So he was a very new driver. And this crash was in the South Island of New Zealand, and like I said, and it was that area's worst crash in that area's history. This is such a, like, like every 16 year old boy and girl drives stupid like that's just what you do i know and that's what you do and it's like i don't want to say it's right to do it because it's not but you learn you know Mm -hmm. you learn you hope like go off the road a bit crash your car that's it you don't Mm -hmm. i don't wish this on anyone to learn it this way no and even if it was completely his own decision to speed Mm -hmm. uh, granted i don't know this person but i'm assuming he's just a typical high school boy you know he just got his license. Mm-hmm. And now for the rest of his life, he has to live with the fact that those five other friends didn't make it. And, like, people he knew so well. Like, he mm-hmm. was their friend. Yeah. So the Agri Police Area Commander Inspector, Dave Gaskin, said, quote, It is a tragedy, and I will reverberate around, and it will reverberate around our community for a long time. It's one of the worst jobs you do. There were six people in the vehicle, and there's only five sits of seatbelts. It is not possible at the moment to say who was wearing seatbelts, but I think it is pretty clear to say that only a very few, if anyone, were wearing seatbelts, end quote. Earlier in the night before the crash, a witness saw some vehicles doing burnouts in the street, and they called the police, saying that someone was going to get hurt. According to the Daily Mail article, the witness said that area was very common among boy racers. And so, I, I, in this article, I wasn't, like, I don't know if the police came out then. I don't Mm -hmm. think they did. I feel like, like, if the police came out and dispersed the racers, like, then they would have left. Mm. But it wasn't clear to me whether they came out or not. And I haven't seen yet if he is going to be facing any charges related to the other five boys' death. I assume he's going to face something, um, whether it be, like, a reckless endangerment charge or something along those lines, or if he's going to be charged with manslaughter or vehicular manslaughter. I, Again, I, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't know. I'm just picturing, like, all the 16-year-old boys that I know, and, like, that's, like I said. Like, what they're just, feeling. Yeah, that's, and that's just, it's not what you're supposed to do, and we all know that, but also, mm-hmm. how do you tell a 16-year-old boy you're not allowed to speed? I know. You know? It's because just that's, one of those things. That's just what they do. I know. It's just one of those things, and it's a horrible tragedy for all the families, and I just can't imagine at all what that community's going through. All right, this guy... This guy I'm so excited about covering because he's been in the news a lot okay. recently. And I literally just watched him on the news today on Court TV just this afternoon. Court TV. Yep. <laughs> Local channel man. <laughs> so he 
is a feeble man right now. He's 78, and I'm talking about Robert Durst. He's 78, but on TV, actually, he's, like, 99. You know okay. how, like, they, like, kind of... I'm not saying he's doing it, but you know how, like... They portray him as older than Yeah, you. and he's, like, feeble. He's in a wheelchair, and he's, like, you can hardly hear him. He's very soft-spoken. Okay. And maybe that's just, like, the condition he's in. Like, maybe he's just not in a great condition for a 78-year-old. But I kind of feel like he's just kind of, like, milking it a little bit, you know? Okay. To get some jury sympathy. Okay. And on this article... Or not on this article. Today, when I was watching on TV... The announcers were kind of, or the, the host, the announcers. the announcers, I'm sorry, sports, okay. The, um, the newscasters were kind of like, um, yeah, he's getting like a lot of sympathy from the jury, like he'll make random jokes and that'll get the jury to laugh and. I don't like that. I know. What is he being charged with? You gotta tell. <laughs> he's he's a can't... suspected serial killer. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do I not know anything about what's going on i am excited to so i okay this is one that i am for sure gonna cover okay someday for sure like it's on my list now so i'm not gonna go into in depth on everything i'm gonna cover it for sure someday um but yeah we're just gonna briefly go into it right now okay so he's a suspected serial killer like i said and is suspected of killing at least three people Kathleen, or Kathy McCormick Durst, is his first wife who disappeared in 1982 while living in New York. Susan Berman, she was a longtime friend of Robert. She was killed in Los Angeles in 2000. And the third person was a neighbor of Robert, Morris Black. And Morris was killed in Texas in 2001. So all over the place. Mm-hmm. This guy's just living. I know. I know. New York, Los I guess Angeles, he's Texas. It's not like he's like 20. Yeah. So... Um, Morris Black was supposedly shot by accident as they were both wrestling for the gun. Like, that's the story behind Morris Black. Why were they wrestling for the gun? We don't know. Okay. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. We don't, we don't know at least yet. And, like I said, he's in court right now, so I want to wait before more is revealed before I cover him. That's fair. But right now, we're just going to look at it, um, just briefly. So, there was a huge manhunt, um, involved for finding Robert Durst when Morris's body parts washed up in the Galveston Bay. When they found him, Robert was sent to trial for Morris's murder. His lawyer hired a psychiatrist who diagnosed Robert with Asperger's syndrome. In court, Robert admitted to dismembering Morris, but he said he didn't kill him maliciously. He only killed him out of self-defense. He killed him out of self-defense, and then he used all kinds okay. of tools to dismember and get rid of the body. But, okay, so, so none of that is wrestling for a gun. Like, I don't understand. No, like, so he said, we were wrestling for the gun. Like, Morris took out this gun. We're wrestling for it. And I accidentally shot him. But I shot him. Or not accidentally. But I shot him because he was going to kill me first. So I killed him because he was going to kill me. Okay. And then after Morris is dead, I'm cutting him up and getting rid of the body. Oh, okay. That's what he's saying. Okay. That's not how that works. No. And that's not the craziest thing. (laughs) Okay. He's acquitted of this. What? He literally goes to trial for this. And the jury does not find that there's enough evidence to prove that it wasn't self-defense. And they acquit him of Morris Black's death. Okay, but what about, like, dismembering a body? Because it... I... Okay, I already forgot. But you said that he admitted to that, right? Yep, he did. He admitted to that. Yeah. So, March 14th, 2015. Let's fast forward. Robert Durst is arrested again in regards to Susan Berman. Remember his longtime friend who was killed Mm -hmm. in 2000? So, 15 years later, he's arrested on a first-degree murder warrant. And then, in 2016, he's transferred to California to stand trial. 2018, a judge rules that there's enough for 
to try Robert for Susan's murder, and a trial can finally begin. Now, it begins March 2nd, 2020, and that went for about six days. But this, of course, is when the U.S. started having to shut down for the pandemic. Miss Rona. Yep, and so it had to be postponed. And it resumed this year on May 17th, 2021, and more details are coming every single day. But because of this trial for Susan, detectives are taking another look at his late wife Kathleen's disappearance back in 82. I just... Detectives doing their job mm. is the most attractive thing. <laughs> isn't that just like when you're like, oh, you like get just, it. Yes, you're doing yes, it. Yes. You. <laughs> you're seeing what I'm seeing. There's talk that it's going to be reclassified as a murder investigation, and that's happened as of May 21st, and that was decided by the Westchester County New York District Attorney, Mimi Rocha. She's like, look, here. we he's, He got off, basically, for Morris. We think he killed Susan. Now his late wife's disappearance is looking a little suspicious. Mm -hmm. So the chances that Robert's going to be charged with her now death are pretty high. So wait till you hear, though, about the events leading up to her disappearance. I'm going to talk about that right now. Okay. It's going to raise some suspicions. Okay. This is the lady in New York. Yep. This is Kathleen. He calls her Kathy. Mm -hmm. Three weeks before Kathy went missing, she was treated at a hospital for bruising on her face. She told the doctors and nurses reportedly that her husband caused them, but that she wasn't going to press any charges. Now, around this time, the couple was going to get a divorce. Kathy asked Robert for a $2,500 divorce settlement, but Robert refused, and he kind of retaliated against this by canceling his wife's credit card. He removed her from their joint banking account, and he stopped making payments on her student loans for tuition for her. Okay. So, and at this time, too, that all this is going on, they're getting ready for divorce, they're living in separate apartments, and Robert is living with a girlfriend who he had had for three years. Oh. You know, so he's just living with this girlfriend. Like, move it on with his life. The evening that Robert told officers his wife disappeared, he said that they had gotten into a fight, he put her on a train heading to New York at the Katona Station, where she was going to board the 915 train heading toward Manhattan. He said he dropped her off. Then he had a drink with a friend. Then he went home and went to sleep. Okay, this is so stupid of me, but at first when you said he put her on a train, I, like, thought that he, like, physically forced her on a train. I didn't realize, like, she was on the train, and I was like, and he hasn't been charged with anything for how many years? I know. So, no, he's saying, like, he took her to the bus stop or the train station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he filed a missing persons report when she didn't get a hold of him after that. And he offered a reward of $100,000, but he then reduced it to $15,000. Oh. And at first I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. But I was watching it on TV today, and he, like, in court, because he's testifying for himself. Yeah. And so in court, he said that he was encouraged to not put that reward out because he said, according, you know, according to him, that this would, like, invite all the crazies in, you know, who just wanted the money, which I get, and it does That's happen. That's true, and people just make up stories. 100%. Yep. So he was, like, he was encouraged not to do that. So that's why that's he fair. lowered it to 15000 I don't know. I, I kind of, like, rubbed a little bit the wrong way yeah. with that. Cause I feel like, like if you didn't know all the other details, mm-hmm. then it would be like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. But put together with everything else, right. it's like... Mm-hmm. Right, and it's like, I'm sorry, if I'm missing and Peter offers $100,000, but then he reduces it to 15000 <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm not worth that, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> okay, not long after she was reported missing by her husband, the superintendent of the apartment found all of her belongings in a trash compactor in the apartment. 
in her apartment in the apartment yeah that she had yeah okay. or excuse me that he had that he stayed at so all of her stuff was in his apartment in the trash compactor which is weird okay which is which is a little suspicious eight years after she disappeared she's still gone no leads nothing Robert legally divorced her, and in 2016, Kathy's family sought to have her found legally dead. Okay. Kathleen's mother tried to sue Robert for $100 million on the grounds that she claimed that Robert killed her, hid the body, which shouldn't give the family the right or the means to bury her. Okay. But, like, you're not going to win that lawsuit if they can't prove that he killed her. Yeah, but she was, her, she then. was, though, legally declared dead. Right, right. Yeah. But I'm saying... That's if, the thing. Yeah, if they could prove mm-hmm. that lawsuit, then he would be in prison. Right. And like I said, I left out a ton of info. Yeah, but, yeah. But stuff's still coming, like, right now. And so it's like, I don't want to say something and then I get, like, dismissed. You know, mm-hmm. I just want to wait till it's relevant to what's happening right now right but honestly like i really do think that he's gonna have another murder case added to his docket pretty soon and it, and it looks really suspicious it's interesting it's almost like it's it's you know like some serial killers are like well then they got it's, this is so gross but like, like they got like the urge to kill mm-hmm. or you know and his was um if he did in fact do these because he, he absolutely is still innocent of right. all of them. Right. If he did, it was more like they got in the way, so he just got rid of them. Isn't that you crazy? know? It it was like that was his way of just like dealing with the issue. Excuse me. And it's like, why did you have to, if he did do this allegedly, allegedly, why did you have to do that? Like you already had a girlfriend, you've been having this girlfriend for three years, you guys weren't even living together. Yeah. Was it tra- because she was trying to take money from him? Like, there's just a lot of questions. Like, was That's it money? Was it just anger? Did he just freak out one day? Yeah. I hope we're going to get answers, but honestly, like, it's really hard to understand him in court right now. Like, he's a feeble old man. Like, it's Yeah. Yeah, now so that I know all of understand. this, I hate that the jury's, like, laughing at I know. Him. And, like, I he'll make, that. like, little remarks. They'll be like, oh, I didn't hear you say that. And everyone's, like, chuckling. And it's like, mm, yeah, he's 78, but, you know, 40 years ago, he did a lot of messed up things. So, we're gonna, we got to see how this one plays out. Yeah. Yeah. For the next case, we're going to talk about Dorio Dizdar. Now, this is another suspicious one, but no one's been charged with this one yet. Okay. Remember, innocent until proven guilty. No one's been proven guilty yet, but I will say it's a little suspicious. And a lot of people think it's suspicious. Earlier this year, 2021, a Massachusetts woman was talking online with another man named Dario Dizdar. Dario lived in Arizona, and he was a 14-year department vet and a Phoenix uh, police officer. Okay. Now, this woman's name was um, Angela Tremont. Now, Angela, like I said, lived in Massachusetts. She was corresponding to this guy. Both of them are very active on social media. They had a lot of friends, and they'd become close online. Um, But the day that she met this man, she flew to Arizona, she met him, and she was later found dead. Okay. It's just a suspicious thing. And let me tell you a little bit about it. She decided to go meet Dario in Arizona. So she took a flight. She flew. It was an all-day thing. You know how airports are. It takes forever. She finally met up with him. Now, Angela Tremara and Dario Dizdar decided when they're together now, they're in Arizona, let's go hiking. They went hiking at Camelback Mountain. And it, it's odd, though, because they didn't bring water for this hike. And it's Arizona in the middle of summer. 
and that's odd too like why are you hiking without water and why are you hiking at all in arizona because it's like really hot <laughs> how old are they uh they're they're young they're in their 20s 30s i don't have an exact age okay they're young though they're young okay. adults now friends of angela would say not bringing the water is odd behavior because she's the one who always has a water bottle with her you know she's, she's she yeah she is you she's like super into fitness she's always staying hydrated so it's weird that she wouldn't have brought something along for this hot day or anything like that and to me that's like a, a little red, bit of a red flag another youtube video i was watching about this was like also you guys she just got off of this long plane ride like why did she want to go hiking right when she got there it's just a, a different yeah. thing and i was like that is a good point Anyways, while they're on their hike, Dario would later tell officers that the two of them got separated. Angela got hot during the climb. She was thirsty. They were hiking to a 2,706-foot-high peak. Oh, my goodness. And it was kind of like a lookout. They were headed to this place. But okay. she got hot and decided to turn back, so he supposedly kept going. And that's how they kind of got lost and separated from each other. And they were separated, and this is where we hear Dario's story changing just a little bit. At one point, he tells people that he was very familiar of the trail he's hiked. He's hiked it all the time. He knows the trail. And then we hear he's alleging that he has never hiked it before, and he wasn't familiar with it. So it's like, why did he lie before? Like, why would you right. lie about that? It just doesn't make any sense. And to me, that seems a little fishy. It, conflicting stories are always, always, always a red flag. Uh-huh. And he's an, like a police officer. He's got mm-hmm. to know that your story can't change. Otherwise, all eyes are going to be looking at you. Mm-hmm. So, they were trying to look for Angela, trying to look for her. Officers pinged her phone. They narrowed down the area where she could be, but they couldn't get a very accurate read from it. So, they had a friend ping ping her... Wow. They had a friend ping her phone with the Find My iPhone application. Okay. And that's how they found her. Her phone was still on. They found... She was found dead on Echo Canyon Trail near a home on Camelback Mountain in Phoenix, according to the New York Post, with her phone lying right next to her. So it's like, why didn't she call for help? Right. So we're going to have to wait and see what kind of inquiry uh, injuries, if any, she sustained. Once we hear from the medical examiner, we haven't heard that report yet. Yeah. And this specific officer is not considered a suspect by his own department. Okay. Which... In, I have to a little... Play devil's oh, advocate, know, but, I have a little... She, but to play devil's advocate, what if she died of heat stroke? 100%. Because that's what he's saying happened. Yeah. 100%. And I... I I don't know because I don't know, but I feel like if she was shot, that like would oh that to the would media, yeah you know, no that would like be that. something that I feel like they could tell sooner yeah. than they are right now. 100%. I will say I I am a firm believer that you are innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. However, he for sure from this story I know that he needs to like level up his first date game. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I know, like, 100%. Like, <laughs> you if, don't walk away. <laughs> I know. If he has nothing to do with it, like, can you imagine? Like, you finally meet. I, I can't no. imagine at all. No. So, an investigation is still going on about this. And if, okay. even if it has nothing to do with the officer, I, I still felt like it was a suspicious death. And mm-hmm. it'd still be something to look at. And we'll learn a lot from the autopsy. Right. Honestly, we'll learn a lot from that. But this officer does have a past history of lying to officers before this. Okay. So he was caught lying in 2009 about an incident involving a victim who was a former friend of his who had been assaulted. At the time, he lied and said he was the officer on duty, but he didn't give his correct name and date of birth, and he gave the officer the wrong number for the victim, which is like, if she's your friend, like, why are you doing that? Right. And I really don't want to go too much more into this one, as, like, no crimes have been revealed yet, but it is recent news, and it's just suspicious. Mm -hmm. So I thought I'd include it. 
and like we are like 51 minutes and i have so much more to do but i feel like we should stop <laughs> i feel like we should stop like this is the current things that i wanted to touch on right now yeah that's what did you think about it it's just fun i'm always some fun that's not the right word but it was, it was heavy it like was heavy but it's like heavy. interesting to it's interesting to hear like what is being investigated yeah. right now rather right. than like what has been investigated in the past right i i yeah. like looking at things like as it's happening yeah. but at the same time i hate it because it's don't like have all the information you don't have all the info like you want to know all the ins and outs of like the people's backstory too yeah. which is yeah. one thing i like about like researching older cases but i thought this would be like a like you said a fun question mark yeah way to just get some news out there yeah yeah wow. Thanks for coming on. Some of these, ooh, some of these so, cases. Some of these were a lot pretty heavy. Yeah. I know. They were. Actually, and none of these cases were unheavy. Yeah. <laughs> they were, <laughs> they were all about. kind of a lot, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> they were all a lot. Mm. But I'm glad that you were doing it Except together. Except for my snake story. That one was, yeah. that was a good little palate cleanser. It was. It was. <laughs> we needed that. live in Texas, watch out. Watch out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like awesome. I wonder what kind of snake it is. It's I want to say it's some type of cobra, but Either I could way, be wrong. Snakes are horrible. But I know. I'm sorry if you like snakes; they're gross. No, if you no, you don't. <laughs> there is no reason for you to listen to this podcast. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> Why do you have like a snake lover? Snakes with, like, are disgusting. They're pretty bad, but oh, people say they're so loving. No. No, that is the one animal on this it, planet that I like. Can't if, I'm, even I'm if getting I see chills, a picture of it, right? Like I'm getting chills talking about yeah. it. So I, I, I feel you Unnecessary. there. Unnecessary. Yeah, I, I feel you there. If you are in Texas, look out. Yeah, we'll have to see if they catch the snake yet. <laughs> Somebody told me they're like, this is gonna be one of those stories that in five years they like find it in a ditch and it's like the size of a school bus and you know, you know. What did <laughs> you tell me that? Like, oh, oh, yeah, and it's like this mammoth snake and it's got so yeah. many. They made so fast. They killed so many babies. I know. So many babies. I know. Wow. Stay safe, Texas. (laughs) Like, stay (laughs) safe. You guys, thank you for listening to this. I know we threw a bunch of little cases at you, but maybe you can, um, maybe when this episode releases, we'll have more information. You never know. A lot of this is happening right now. A lot of this is stuff we're waiting on. So I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. Thank you for joining me. No problem. It was a lot of fun. We'll have to do this again. Um, all right, guys. Stay safe, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.